For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, for SB Live Sports. Today's guest, a guest in the world of representing coaches, front office executives, and people like myself, broadcasters. With Priority Sports, Dan Eveloff. Dan, thanks for joining. How is life in Chicago uh, with your workflow these days, getting ready for not just the continuation of college football, but college basketball as well now? Thanks for having me. No, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of nonstop. I, I, I represent coaches in football and basketball, and that's both, both professional and college. So you kind of have one cycle after another, and then – you know, summer's kind of the slower time, but that's when the broadcasting picks up. Um, so it's a little bit nonstop right now is a little slower, but, uh, you know, if you're not, if you're not busy in this business, you know, you're, you're probably not, you probably don't have the right clients. So, uh, I have no complaints. <laughs> yeah. If you're not busy, that means, uh, your clients aren't in demand and I'm glad, uh, to have you representing me on the broadcasting side of things, but let's stay on the topic of representing coaches. Um, you know, there, there's a, there's a, kind of ebb and flow every year to coaches, unfortunately getting fired, but that presents opportunities for coaches that you represent. How do you navigate that world um, when, when the time comes that there's a job opening and you have a client that might be interested in a particular job or a school might be interested in one of your clients? Yeah. So on, on the college side, it's um, first of all, throughout the season, you know, the, the, people start to get hired and fired at the end of the season. So all throughout the season, I'm working with my guys and um, letting them know what I'm hearing, you know, kind of in the rumor mill. And um, I'm trying to stay on top of it. Like my, what I, what I want to be able to provide is knowing what's going to happen before it happens. Um, And then once it starts, those dominoes start falling um, in the college landscape, search firms are growing in prominence. And so uh, having relationships with those search firms is crucial from my standpoint. And so when a job opens, I'm re I'm finding out if they're using a search firm. If so, I'm calling that search firm and I'm letting them know who we have that's interested in them and why, why they're a fit. Um, and if there's not then I'm trying to get to the athletic director or the president or whoever, um, whoever kind of has the most juice in, in the building um, 
And a lot of that is working with my clients too. Um, it's, it's very much a partnership and it's, Hey, you know, maybe they, maybe they worked at a, a previous school with someone who's the associate AD. So maybe, uh, maybe they have someone to call and, and that can kind of get us some traction there too. So each situation's unique. Um, but you know, it, it, it very much is a partnership as far as trying to get traction with these jobs. As an agent who's representing your clients and trying to find them their best fit or best opportunity, have there been times where maybe a school has reached out to you about a client um, and you know it's not a good fit, that they might be just using uh, that particular coach as leverage? Um, and in that case, what's the message that you try to share with your 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 client, but then also try to kind of massage it with with the school that might be reaching out with no intention of hiring that person? Yeah. So um, first of all, I, I try and operate with as much transparency as possible. Like for me, my currency is is uh, is my credibility, whether that's with search firms or athletic directors or my own clients, and um, so I don't. I think, you know, agents sometimes get a, a, a bad reputation for um, kind of being sleazy or things like I, I try and be the anti that. Um, and so whenever something like that happens, well, first of all, I never make assumptions on behalf of my clients. So, you know, I, I never tell them yes, no, or, or otherwise until I talk to my guy and, and, and tell them what the interest is, what's going on. Um, you know, if, if my client has no interest in it, or if this, or if I know it's a sham interview or something like that, then, you know, we try and nip that in the bud pretty quick. Um, I don't, you can get a bad, you can get a bad reputation for stringing guys along, especially with the search firms, actually, like they, um, they really don't want to be strung along. Like if, and I tell my guys, listen, if we're going to go after a certain job, um, you got to be prepared to take it if offered, you know, so you almost need to be, um, and it's it's wild because these things happen fast like you could find out you have an interview the day before and and you have to decide you know whether or not you're going to take the job uh you know in less than 24 hours if uh if offered so um it but again it kind of comes back to this partnership thing that you know I, I preach with my clients like it's it's a lot of communication it's a lot of research it's um you know myself doing the kind of due diligence on my side making sure that if it is a job they're interested in, it's for good reason. They, they're a fit there. You can win there. The financials are in place. The support's in place. All that stuff goes into it because, again, the last thing you want um, is to pull out at the last second um, for something you should have known about before you even got an interview. Or, or again, if it's a sham interview, um, you know, you shouldn't get involved in that in the first place. So just trying to kind of get all, the, all that information as, you know, as much as I can before you even get involved. Do you have an example maybe of a client of yours, whether at the professional or the college level, that had a ton of interest in a job, uh, you guys were able to get in the mix, get an interview, and maybe in the eyes of, of the hiring committee for the school or the organization, um, they weren't the favorite. But after the interview, it was a home run slam dunk. They offered that person the job, and they just took it and ran with it. Hmm. Um, you know, I think – I think one that that is pretty topical right now. You look in the NFL uh, with the Detroit Lions. So uh, I hope I hope Dan doesn't mind me um, mentioning his name. But Dan Campbell is, you know, I don't think there's anyone who would have predicted Dan Campbell um, would get that job, or or you know, he certainly wasn't one of these um, high profile offensive geniuses, or you know, he wasn't even a coordinator, you know. But but that doesn't mean he's he's not a head coach. And so 
Um, I think it took a special situation like Detroit for him to, um, for it to, it to be that fit. Like, I think he's what they needed. And I think um, they are where he would succeed best, you know? And so they had, they had kind of failed with the, the defensive genius, the offensive genius, you know, but, but maybe it, it took a team like that to realize, Hey, we just need a, a guy who can, is a leader, you know? And so, and that's really what he is, you know, it, no one's, he's not Kyle Shanahan, you know, uh, schematically or anything like that, but like, so, you know, we interviewed a lot of these high profile coordinators. Once he got in the building, um, it, it was kind of, a, a, he was so different. He was so authentic and, uh, I, and he had played there too, which didn't hurt. And I, I think just they fed off his energy and, and he was just, once he was there, it was, you know, this is our guy. How does somebody get into the sports agency business? Um, obviously, I've had conversations with Mark Barlstein, uh, the, the, the founder of Priority Sports, who represented me as a player. Um, did you have aspirations as a kid to be an athlete? But then maybe when you realized it wasn't going to come to fruition, you wanted to become an agent. How did that work for you? Yeah, so um, I always wanted to be – in professional sports and it was around when i stopped growing at around five eight that i realized that uh, you know probably wasn't going to be on the field and uh so the, the dream was actually always to be on the team side i never wanted to be an agent um i still don't want to be a player agent I'll, I'll be honest with you um i don't, I don't know how guys like barlstein do it but um but actually when i was in law school um i was trying to kind of angle myself onto the team side and uh in a front office role for, you know, NFL, NBA. Um, but while I was in law school, I was like, I, you know, I need to try and get as much experience in, uh, in the sports world as I can just get my foot in. And, and um, so I cold called priority, honestly. And, and um, the timing was pretty, pretty great. Cause they just started their coaches division. They needed someone with legal acumen to kind of build this whole contract database. And, and um, so I started working full-time while I was also a full-time student in law school and uh, building out their contract database, going through every public contract for all the college football and college basketball coaches. And, and um, along the way, I just, I, I kind of fell in love with it. Like, I think it's um, kind of the, the nerdy part of me. Like I really like going through that stuff. And I feel like I just had a kind of a, um, a special skill for it. And, and, and so, um, I, me, I actually had a job offer to go join a big law firm coming out of law school and I kind of reneged on it. Um, ultimately stuck with priority. I just fell in love with the coaching thing. It's, it's kind of newer, it's more entrepreneurial. And, and, um, and what I'll say too, is like with, with players, I mean, you know, this, like you kind of have regular checkpoints, right? Like there's, um, draft preparation and, and then, you know, trying to angle up through the draft and then um, free agency. You know, there's all these regular checkpoints as a player that that every agent does. But with coaches, it's so much more gray. You know, like there's there's not a recruiting season. There's not you know there are hiring seasons, but um, there's not a free agency period. And, and it's so it's kind of there's a lot more room to make it what you believe it should be rather than kind of following what the industry has been. And so I've really enjoyed being able to build out our coaching practice as I think it should be done. And that as, as you know, as gives us a competitive advantage. So, um, so yeah, I've never wanted to be a player agent, but, but kind of fell in love with the, the coaching side of things. 
Well, not only do you represent coaches, but you also, you know, represent some front office executives and then you handled the broadcasting side, which I'm involved with, with Priority Sports. When when you look at COVID over the last 20 months or so now, um, it's probably hampered some deals, both for coaches, because schools and organizations maybe take their, their, their time a little bit more to make firing and hiring decisions, but it has also changed the landscape of broadcasting and how deals get done and broadcasting from home and uh, on location and remotes. What have been the biggest challenges for you with COVID in kind of helping your clients navigate this quote unquote new normal? Yeah. So in, in the broadcasting space, like, and, and, and you know, this, like it's been tough because there's this, the pay has been pretty static the past couple of years, you know, and it, it's, you're calling every network and they're saying the same thing. Like, you know, where a lot of guys are taking cuts, you know, they're, and they're trying to make it sound like they're doing you a favor by just, you know, offering you the same pay as last year. And, and, and honestly, like in, in some cases they are, you know, because they've been, everyone's been hurt by COVID, you know? And so, so, you know, like it's, it's been tough getting the the pay raises that you expect um, on the broadcasting side. And a lot of talent has been cut. So really it's, it's kind of a situation where it's been a lot of kind of, you know, counting your lucky stars a little bit, you know, and it's, if you get the same inventory and you're just kind of staying in the mix and, and kind of um, just getting as much games as you can until, until hopefully this pandemic goes away. Like that's kind of, you know, that's, that's kind of what you and I have been game planning a lot about. And then on the coaches side, it's been really tough, especially when, you know, I have clients that are up for extensions um, and during the COVID year. And it's, you know, it's like, I have one client that really they, they're, the school's idea of an extension was to give him a pay cut um, and to cut his security. And so that was a situation where it was, um, we, it was like, we, you've got to bet on yourself here. Like this makes zero sense um, to take what they're offering. Like, I don't care what kind of financial position you're, you're, like they're in, you got to look out for your family. And so that was, there's a lot of kind of tough conversations like that. It, it's, you have to be um, strong enough not to just, you know, to, to know your value a little bit. And, and thankfully I have clients that, um, that trust me and, and trust what, you know, I have to say about that, but, um, and, and it's, it's worked out, you know, but it's been tough, like, especially from when at the, the mid major level, the low major level, they've been hit, you know, way harder than, you know, the Dukes and Kentuckys of the world. Like you think about last year during COVID, like, you know, Duke, it's it, those types of schools, it's, they can afford to test every day and, and keep their kids in the gym and all that. Like, you know, I got a kid or a, a client at a, at a mid-major and it's like, they can't afford to do the testing. So, you know, they, they're looking for a, a YMCA around town to try and get their guys in just to play some pickup. So um, each situation has, it, it's been very unique uh, um, in the past year with COVID. Um, the contract situation has been unique. A lot of schools trying to slide in language that, um, gives them the right to terminate a coach um, for budgetary reasons, which is kind of can be pretty dangerous from the from my standpoint. And um, there have been a lot of just a, a lot more conversations and a lot more anxiety on the coach's side that that you kind of have to deal with. And, and um, you know, but it's a time I think it's a time too where whether you're a coach or an agent, it's I think the cream rises to the top, you know, and and um, and, and so I think it's, it's a place where you can add value and, and show support. And um, yeah, and our guys have done fine. I think I know what your answer to this next question is going to be, but I want to hear it from you. 
some deals take a long time to come to fruition. Other deals are extremely quick because both maybe coach and school have already had their eye on each other uh, before there was even a true job opening. What's the quickest deal that has come together for you uh, on the coaching side? Hmm. So I've had, um, <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble here because you know, you can't really come to a deal when, you know, you have a guy that's employed somewhere else or, or, um, but, you know, we've had it where a guy, like I said, you have a guy who's told he has an interview one day and uh, for, for the next day, and then he goes in and then there's an offer letter that day. So, you know, while the contract that'll take sometimes weeks to, to iron out, um, I've, I've had it within two or three days that a deal will cut, you know, from before the coach even knew he was interviewing at a place to a, a memo uh, of agreement being, being signed. So that's probably the quickest. And NIL name image likeness has become a, a really big deal in college athletics. Now priority sports has represented professionals for, for 30 years or more now under Mark Barlstein and, and the rest of the team. You're, representing coaches and a lot of them are at the college level how has that impacted any conversations uh or what conversations may maybe you've had with coaches that have um shared any opportunities with with some some college kids that are pretty unique um and is priority actively representing players now because i know some of the other agencies are starting to kind of get into that for right or wrong depending on what their kind of view is as an agency yeah, so um, priorities starting to kind of dip our toes in the water. We're at a necessity, I think. Um, you know, we're we're pretty old school when it comes to you know Bartlestein's name. Just it's so strong that he doesn't really need to. You know, I think mainly NIL it gives agents an opportunity to to start recruiting players before they were normally kind of allowed, or to represent players before they were normally allowed to. It basically, I mean, it's nothing's really changed. Like they're kind of always doing this, you know, but it, it kind of brought to surface what was previously happening um, in the dark. And, and so I think we're kind of doing that just to kind of stay relevant a little and um, not jumping in full speed or anything like that, but just starting to feel it out. Now with coaches um, I've gotten a lot of questions from some of my clients, like what are some creative ways you're hearing coaches can add value to their players, which is tricky because coaches can't in most states cannot uh, really serve as the the student's agent. They can't go get deals for their guys in most states. Um, and so that's tough because it's like, all right, well, how do you, you want to, it's a, it's a recruiting tool for coaches, right? Like you want your kids to get good deals because that helps recruit all that. So um, it's some kind of creative solutions I've, I've come across from talking to some guys like, uh, for example, I have a client that, um, you know, he can't, he can't broker a deal, but what he did was he got, he basically set up a big uh, a, a scrimmage with his team and invited like 50 local businesses to come. And he wrote out, um, you know, all, basically the roster and he had all of them wear, you know, practice jerseys with their number. And so he wrote, he handed out a sheet to all the local businesses with the guy's names and, and numbers. And on the flip side, he gave all the students um, or all the, the student athletes, 
information on all the attending businesses. So he said, listen, I can't broker deals for you guys, but here's each other's information. And, you know, it's, it's almost like a little speed dating. It's like, you, you know, feel, you know if you see, you know, someone doing something on the court you like, like go up and talk to them or kind of breaking down those ropes between the, the, um, the floor and, and the bleachers a little bit, which I thought was really creative and, and just a cool way to show, um, show his guys that he's doing everything he can, you know, um, and with, with NIL. And, and again, it's, there's, the dust hasn't really settled yet. We don't know what this is going to look like, but you know, I just think putting that effort in and, and I think it was, he was really proud of himself because he had talked about with his players, like, what can I do to help you guys? And then, so the players got to see from the brainstorming session to that event coming to fruition, they got to see that whole process, which I thought was, was super cool. That's interesting. And that's definitely creative and out of outside the box. So yeah. um, glad to hear that one. And, and hopefully it, it went well for some of those student athletes and some of those businesses. So Dan, I appreciate you joining. It was nice to, to hear a little bit about your uh, role within priority, as opposed to us talking about what possible games I might need to travel to this year or um, when my paycheck's coming from different networks. So I uh, appreciate the time. Thanks again for joining and best of luck with finding new clients and getting them the best deals for themselves and their families. And I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for having me. We'll be, we'll be talking about your paychecks here soon. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.